Hello and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Colin Nesla and I'm here today with Carlos Gomez. Hola, hola, hola. And Tadeo Gasparetto. Hello, everyone. Tadeo, can you tell us a little bit about today's paper? Yeah, sure. Well, the paper we're going to discuss today, its title is Building Nations Through Shared Experience, Evidence from African Football. So it has three authors, Emilio de Petris Chauvin from the Pontificia Universidad Católica in Chile, Ruben Durante from Pompeo Fabra in Spain, and Felipe Campante from John Hopkins. So, I mean, it has been published in, in the American Economic Review two years ago, and it's a very, very nice paper that we're going to discuss today. I think I have the easiest task of us three today because I'm discussing the introduction and what their main goal for this paper is. And for this paper, it's really easy because it's already in the title. So basically, what the authors want to look at is how football matches and whether or not they were successful or not, how they influence trust or let's say how you treat other ethnicities within a country. And they look at this in sub-Saharan Africa. So they look, for example, after a match, how inter-ethnic violence um, increased or decreased, depending on whether or not your national team won or lost an important match. When I read this introduction, I thought a little bit about, let's say, how I grew up. And I had a teacher who told a story when Germany won the World Cup in 1990. He hated football, so he didn't even know that Germany was playing. And he saw people running around with flags in Germany. And he thought there were Nazis running around <laughs> because it was so unusual for him to see Germans raising their flags in the 1990s. So this shows that football, at least for him, had, let's say, the power for something that normally you wouldn't have seen in this time. And I think this is also what the authors here try to do. They want to see if success in football has the power to connect different ethnicities. So how was this for you in Spain, Tadeo? As Brazilian, you're used to see Brazil win the national, uh, the World Cup. But how was this for you? Yes, in Spain, I had a very similar experience. When Spain got to win the World Cup in 2010, I was about 18 years old. And as far as I remember, I've never seen people happier in Spain. I remember videos of people celebrating in every single city in Spain. And I had the feeling that the World Cup actually united a lot of people. So I do indeed believe that the football and success can shape happiness and how people identify themselves with a country. And how is this for you in Brazil today? Do you still see that? Or is it like, I don't know, you're used to winning the World Cup? No, I mean, I'm from a very successful generation in Brazilian football that we won World Cup twice since I was born. But still, it's like every single World Cup that we do participate, it's always this, let's say, a national commotion. So everybody joined together on the streets, paint the streets and celebrate together. So yeah, we see this national identity very prominent during the World Cups and sometimes during other sport events as well. So for me, it was very interesting to read this paper, like relating to our personal experience. Yeah, I think it's important to note here as well that the authors are not only looking at, say, at World Cup winners or at winners from very important tournaments, but also if they qualify for tournaments. But maybe we can hear a little bit more about the data from you, Tadeo. 
I will be the one speaking about the data today. And it is a lot to explain. So if you think this is okay, we will split now the paper in two parts. We'll explain first the individual level analysis, and then we will discuss the results. And then we go with the country level analysis that focus more on violence. The first analysis, the individual level, focus on the survey responses. The authors use Afrobarometer from 2002 to 2015, and they have a lot of responses in more than 25 countries. This survey focuses on the attitudes of people in different dimensions, and the ones that they choose to focus on are trust and ethnic identification. And then they match this data set with a lot of football matches from two competitions, the Africa Cup of Nations and the FIFA World Cup. They have about 69 matches for this analysis. The basic idea of the authors, they exploit the timing of the interviews for the survey, and they compare these self-reported attitudes of individuals before and after a match of their national team. So a set of individuals with the same ethnic background that they use a proxy of language for this, answer this survey, and the authors take a window of 15 days before and after a match, and then they compare these individuals. So they want to see whether ethnic identification of these people changes with the success of a team, the national team. They look at only a men's football, men's competition, and this is what they do. Then they control for a lot of individual characteristics of the people that answer the survey. They know their education, their gender, their age, and stuff like that. They also control for the country, the maths, the language group, and the year. They use fixed effects for this. And they also have a look, they control that the individuals in the sample of the survey have similar characteristics before and after a match or a win. This is the basic idea before the first analysis. Tadeo, do you want to tell us what do they find? Absolutely, Carlos, very well explained. Well, as expected, it's like it's a paper published in the American Economic Review. So they have a really extensive econometric analysis. And to explain the results in very detailed, we would need like five episodes for saying so. So I will try to sum up. The idea is that they try, as you say, to analyze this national identity or the ethnic identification of the people pre and after match. So they run many regressions, I guess, eight in the first table, and they realized that since the first step, they found out that when the team, the national team is playing, it reduced the ethnic discrimination, identification. However, adding those controls that you haven't mentioned, Carlos, they figured out that is the victory in the match that actually drives this effect. So when the national team wins, the people perceive less ethnical identification, being more toward the national identity. So the national team winning a football match, they are so more proud to be a national individual. So the figure two, I guess, is very interesting for those who open the paper to see how this effect happened over the time. And they show up that this is not only sizable, but it's persistent over the time. So many days after the match, people kept saying this, not advantage, I would say, this effect about the national identity that they show after the winning. 
But what is extremely important and very good that they did was they tried to explain the mechanism. So they tried to interpret these results. And through this, they were checking many ways for why the winning is responsible for this national identity or this reduction in the ethnic identification. So first they try about the type of the match and they say that, well, friendly doesn't impact at all. Other things like are uh, the presence of the people on the stadium. So they check whether home matches increase the national identity and they say no. So the number of the goals, if they won for many goals, it didn't change at all. If the match was what they call attractive with a lot of goals on the match, not necessarily winning for five goals, but let's say four against three, and it didn't have an effect at all. But what they found out are three main points that related to the winning would explain why the winning impact this national identity. The first one is, is about rivalry. So when the national team won a national rival, it boosts. So it has a strong emotional reaction. So it does work increasingly identity. The second one is about the state presence. So they analyze the areas within the country where there are more presence of public goods like schools, post offices, and great roads. And they realize that in these places, after a winning, less ethnic sentiment they could perceive. And the third one, and one of the crucial points that they say is about the role modeling. So when the national team Roast. So let's say it was more diverse, different ethnics present in the national team. They realized that it boosts the national sentiment afterwards. So for the first part of the paper, this is more or less what I could sum up. Yeah, this is a great point about the role modeling. I like it a lot about this mechanism and it's a nice funder that can foster future research. And then there is a second part to this paper, the second part of the analysis. The authors call this country level analysis, and they use data on conflict from a different database from 1997-2015. And this data includes stuff like the location of the time and so on of battles, killings or riots, like events that involve violence in these countries. And then they use again the African Cup of Nations to match this data set and find some results. The identification strategy here is different. The authors identified two teams in the same group of this competition that in the last match of the group states of the round have still chances to either qualify or get out of the competition. And they exploit this quasi-random scenario to find some effect. Basically what they do, they compare the evolution of the conflict in these two countries that they selected before and after the event of the qualification. And then they compare how the conflict evolved also over time, what was the effect of being qualified or eliminated from the competition. Here they also control for a lot of stuff, like the correlation of conflict events or a um, lot of fixed effects, but this is the basic idea behind the second part of the analysis. Tadeo, what do they find? Is this important? Yeah, it was really nice. What they realized, it's about when the classification from the next stage happened, it actually reduced the violence. So it was a very great empirical finding that they would have. And this was even persistent. So it was not the case that they classify right now and then in a few days it disappeared. No, it over three or five months, the level of violence in the sea view conflict was still 
used. And the figure four, if I'm not mistaken, show it that is pretty interesting. And also, let's say they took a subsample over it, talking about the ethnic conflict, not only the overall conflict, in order to really specify what kind of conflict would happen. And even regarding the ethnic conflict, which is the main goal of the paper, they figured out that, yeah, it's also reduced. It's less sizable, but it's still significant. So in general, what they could say is that, yeah, this particular sportive outcome, positive sportive outcome would be beneficial for the countries related to the violence levels. They run some robustness check. They have to check many ways. I mean, it's a part of the paper and they realize that no bias was influencing these results. So the results are robust, they are stable and they are really important. Thank you very much, Tadeo, for explaining all the results. It's a great paper and the implications are a little bit mixed feelings because football seems to matter or sports in general for social issues, but only if you win. So there's always one team that wins or that loses. So we have to see how sports can improve these things also when teams do not succeed. Thank you very much, Tadeo. Cornell, this is everything for today's podcast. Thank you for listening to the weekly sports piece. Stay tuned.